We are so thankful you decided to take time out of your day to listen to this sermon. Central to all of our services is gospel-centered teaching led by our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Warren. Together, we are a church that seeks to follow Jesus every day, and we hope you are drawn closer to Christ as a result of this message. And amen. It's so great to see you today. You sound amazing, worshiping the Lord. We're talking about God's better story. If you weren't with us last week, we're entering into this series where we're uh, saying, hey, the secular story is not working. Uh, and everybody knows it. Everybody's got a hunch that something is not right. I think we're seeing this in our own nation in a lot of different ways. Secular really means earthly, material, not spiritual. The, the focus on this life, the common narrative of our lives that we find ourselves in is not working. We said last week that our story's been hijacked. Uh, that's what the Bible tells us. And yet, there's a better story. And we're going to talk about how we can focus our lives on the better story. So as I enter into this, I'm sorry, I got something on my phone here. Oh, it's a text from my mom. Uh, I love getting texts from my mom on a Sunday morning. Sorry. Whoa, another notification. Fatal road shooting in Garland. Did you hear about this? I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to the, to the message. 140 homicides in Dallas thus far this year, the most in decades. Have you heard this? Sorry. Oh, president tweeting again. Uh, oh, my goodness. Tensions rising in Hong Kong as summer protest, summer of protest heats up. Whew, I got to get off of this. Middle East alliance crumbling, not good news. Oop, another. Oh, that's from my son Travis, literally. Um, stock market ends the week with mixed signals. Oh, I got to get off of that. Okay, let's get back to the sermon. Do you ever feel like your life is one big distraction after another? Do you ever feel like the story you're trying to live out is being hijacked constantly? Maybe it's not your phone. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's just that your mind is racing. There's an undercurrent of anxiety in our culture today. We live in what's called, been called the age of anxiety. And I'm telling you, as a pastor, I've seen in recent years what, I, what seems to be a pandemic and it's relatively a new thing on the rise. Well, when you look at research, it proves it out. Not only have I been in numerous conversations this week with friends, members of our church, I've been in those, those folks who are involved in education, teaching, higher education, who say we're seeing a lot of anxiety, particularly among the young. I mean, I'm with a lot of 40-year-old 40 40 men in particular, and I'm seeing 40-year-old men, 40-somethings, anxious, worried, but it, it's not just them. It's senior adults. It's, it's young people. In fact, the, the studies tell us that 40 million adults in the United States, uh, 18 and older, wrestle, struggle with anxiety. I mean, that's been named. They've actually sought help. There's millions of others who are doing nothing about it. Many of us are in the room. We all struggle with anxiety and worry in varying degrees. Nearly 20% of our population wrestle with anxiety disorders that have been named. There's all types of anxiety disorders and worries. They're generalized anxiety disorder, it's called. 
which is a constant undercurrent of anxiety. Some of us live with that. Maybe again, all of us in varying degrees, uh, we wrestle with acute panic anxiety. Some of you have experienced that before. Some of you wrestle with social anxiety. Coming to church is a big deal. And there are many who maybe aren't here today because they just could not get here this morning. Some of us have clinical anxiety. All of this, here's good news, can be treated. All of this can, can be treated. But what I want to talk about today is what Jesus says is the cure for the most common worry and anxiety that all of us wrestle with. So there is a time when you reach an impasse, when you need help with anxiety and worry. So I want to be real clear about about that. What I want to talk about today is the cure for the most common form of anxiety as we think about God's better story for life. All right? So again, the secular story is not working. There is a better story. But what is the story? What's the story that most people are living out today? See, for most people, it's, well, well of course, you're born, and then you go to school. We started school again. Got to go to school because you got to get into a good college. That's kind of a good track. That's a good story. Get into a good university because then you get a good education. You get a good job. With a good job, you make more money. With more money, you can enjoy the stuff of this world, and you can die, uh, or no, how about this before then, retire happily, comfortably, live as long as possible, then die. Maybe you play a little golf there in between or something. Go on trips. That's the narrative. How's that working out for us? How's that going for us? Because we live again in the most stressed out generation we've ever had. In fact, the millennials, so much being said about the millennials these days, everybody throwing rocks at the millennials who are now between 22 and 38, by the way, they're almost 40 years old. Now it's Gen Z, which is the next generation, who are younger, 22 and younger. But they're the most stressed out generation ever because they're the most distracted generation ever. And for some of you who have children or maybe grandchildren, uh, you know what I'm talking about. They're the, most, they're the most distracted generation ever, I think, next to the generation that follows them. And studies bear this out. 43% of American adults across the board are constant checkers of their phone or their device. And then when you get to the millennials, 63% say they are attached to their phone or their tablet. And studies have shown and proves that they have direct, they they have stress and anxiety directly related to technology. So what we thought in years past would help us is not helping us across the board. Research, again, plays this out. What I'm seeing as I speak and talk with with Christian men and women in our day is not so much that good men and women are being taken down by formerly sex, drugs, and rock and roll, though there's much in this world to take us down. Always will be. What I'm seeing is good men and women who are distracted by things that do not matter. And this is the great challenge that the Lord brings to us today. It was Socrates who said, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. 
I don't know how busy he was at 400 BC, but evidently he understood something about this. We think we're busy. Evidently it's not a new thing. A busy life is not the sign of an important life. A busy life is the sign of a distracted life. In a in more recent uh, author, writer, Jeff Schenenberger said this in a book called More or Less, subtitled Choosing a Lifestyle of Excessive Generosity. I love that. He says, busy is the new fine. How you doing? Busy. Good for you. Me too. How you doing? Busy. How you doing? Don't have time to tell you how I'm doing. How you doing? Busy. What? I'm sorry. We are a distracted people. I've said it recently. The epitaph of our generation is hurried, worried, buried. There's a better story, friends. There's a better way to live, and Jesus is going to show us the way. I want you to turn in your Bible to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we're in the context of the Sermon on the Mount this week and next as we look at God's better story. And it is this upside-down kingdom of God. This is the better story. We talked about last week how there's this parallel universe we're living in. And we find ourselves living out a story that is a pseudo story. It's a false narrative. And even as believers, we end up doing this, getting hijacked by things that do not matter. Now, as you turn there, you can turn to Matthew 6, 25 through 34 is the text we're going to be looking at. But, but before that, Jesus says this, one of the most profound statements in all of scripture, I think, and it's certainly the definitive word on worship. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, you've heard this before. This has become a constant diagnostic for me. See, whatever you value is what captures your attention. And again, attention is the beginning of devotion. I recently quoted Mary Oliver who said that, um, Pulitzer Prize-winning poet who said, think about this, attention is the beginning of devotion. I thought about that. I'm going to rephrase that. Focus is the beginning of worship. In fact, frankly, some of us have not worshiped well today because we've not been focused. And everything that our choir and orchestra that Stephen and I seek to accomplish is that you would be totally locked in on Christ, who he is, show us Christ. That's the focus of our worship, but we are living lives so distracted because we're not captured by the things that matter, namely Christ himself. So this message is for all of us And if we're honest, as you turn there, Matthew 6, 25 through 34, let's be honest. Some of you are hearing this already. You know kind of where this might be heading. Jesus is going to talk about being anxious. Don't be anxious. And you can say, no, Jeff, I'm I'm going to be anxious. In fact, I've seen some, I don't know why this is the case. I see this with women, particularly moms or maybe older women, who almost, it's almost like a virtue. Oh, I'm a worrier. As if, I love my family, I love my kids so much, I just worry. I'm a worrier. No. That's not our default mode. In fact, Paul says in a famous passage there in Philippians 4, be anxious for what? Nothing. That's an imperative command. Many of us have come to believe we cannot live without worry. We can't live without anxiety. 
And Jesus is going to show us that it's possible. In fact, he tells us, don't worry. Don't worry. But because you're going to worry, I thought that I'd just meet you where you are. I'm going to teach you how to worry. I mean, if we're going to be worriers, let's be world-class worriers. I want you, I want us to really just worry. Let's be the best at worrying. Let's just do that, okay? So here's the first point I want you to see on how to worry. Worry about those things God doesn't care anything about. Worry about that. Look at verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. We'll look at that word. That's the word. Anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? Now, Jesus uses this word anxious, the word anxiety, this, this word it, that literally means, this is important, we've already noted this to some degree, the word means to be distracted. That's what the word means, to be distracted by. It's like when we're talking to our kids, some of you teachers have done that this week, or you, you'll, I want your undivided attention, right? That's focus. This word anxious means distracted by. It's used in Luke 10 when that famous passage, some of you know where Martha and Mary, Martha, you're distracted, you're anxious, Jesus says. About what? About many things. Yet Mary, what did she do? Focused on the one best thing, the contrast between the two. Watch this. Paul uses the same word in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32. This is a great word. He says, I want you to be free from anxieties. He uses the word a couple times here. Watch. This is a great word for single adults, even married people. Watch this. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord. He's distracted by the stuff of God. How to please the Lord, he says. But the married man is anxious about worldly things. How to please his wife. That worldly stuff. Say, wait, and wives, right? Don't I matter? Shouldn't I be a concern? Yes. Look at this. But the married man is anxious about worldly things. Then he says, and his interests are divided. This is the point. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious distracted, focused away from, about the, things, uh, about the things of the Lord. How to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. Paul's advocating, you know, this is where he says, you know, I, I wish everybody was single, like me. I'm focused on one thing. Now, that's not to say that marriage is, is wrong by any means, right? It's gospel reenactment. In the home, it's a beautiful thing. But to make the point, to be anxious is to be distracted. Maybe by things, that's it, right? By good things. And good is always the enemy of great. It, for most of us. For, for, for most of us. Not, not all of us. So worry about those things that God doesn't care about. He cares about you. You could argue he cares about all things, maybe more on that in just a moment, but look at what he says here. Jesus tells us to look at birds. Some of you bird watchers, way to go. Keep following that command, just keep looking at birds. Look at birds. 
But notice what he said. He doesn't say. He doesn't say, look at everybody else around you. Look at what they have. Look at everybody else. He says, no, no, no. You look at the birds. Watch this. The first step to overcoming anxiety is for you to own your anxiety. Here's what I mean. Many of you know Psalm 139. David says, search me, oh God. Search me and know my heart and know my, what, anybody? Anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's saying, lead me to the better story. Help me to focus on what matters. Help me to search me. Gang, listen, those two words will eliminate most anxiety in your life. Oh, but Jeff, you don't know. No, I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about my work because my boss is crazy. No, no, search me. Lord, search me. See, the diagnostic question is, why are you anxious? And many of us are anxious, not so much over things that are happening, but the way we're thinking about things that are happening. Well, Jeff, my kids are crazy. I'm worried about my kids. No, search me. Own your anxiety. It's not everybody else's fault in your life. It's not everybody else who's crazy. Not everybody in your life is wrong. Not everybody on Facebook is wrong. We need to, to realize that I need to own my anxiety, name it, and claim it as your own. So why are we anxious? Well, anxiety is marketed towards us. We're watching television. The news is designed to keep you coming back. And if you watch the ads during the news, it's all about, here's how you can overcome anxiety. Well, yeah, I'm anxious because all this news. I mean, the mark, they're in on this, right? Stacy and I were watching the news at some point this week, and right after a story, the anchor goes, wow, that's scary. And I'm sitting there, she noticed, she's like, well, yeah, we're, this is scary. Oh, we're supposed to be scared. We're scared. And then the next, you know, ad is, well, here's how you can overcome anxiety. They're in this together, it seems, right? But it's always bad news. It's always bad news. We've got to have a filter at some point. And if it's not the television, it's, for many of us, it's the phone. It's like a shock collar. Satan is, he's, bam, I'm going to capture your attention. Well, I was in conversation with someone, but wow, now I got a text. I was actually, I was actually focused here for a moment. And yet, listen, you, wow, wait. What is that person doing? Holy smoke. I mean, I was here. I was present a moment ago. Oh my goodness. Look at the news. Oof, I'm getting anxious. Oh, we got to do that. You see, all that's going on. And it might even be good things. You know, look at, look at what they're eating. I wish I was eating that. I, they're better. Their kids are perfect. My kids aren't perfect. Oh, I can't. It's, it's constant, friends. Listen, we were not meant to handle all that. We weren't designed for the weight of the world to come upon us. We've got to have filters. Look at this. Because we're not God. He is. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 5. Humble yourselves then. 
Humble yourselves before the Lord under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Some of you need to write that verse down for this week. I don't see many of you doing that. This is good teaching. I'm just telling you. This is helpful teaching for you. What do you need to give him today? Own your anxiety. Own it and then give it to him. Okay, look at number two. I got four of them. Worry about those things God can't do anything about. God can do all things short of going against his character, which he'll never do. Look at what Jesus says. Verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? He's just saying worry is wasted energy. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Some of you are anxious about what to wear today. And I know we're, Given our culture, where we are, all that kind of good stuff, we want you to show up as you, as you are. We want you to come and be welcome here regardless of what you're wearing. Jesus moves from the birds, this is interesting, to lilies. So birds are active, they can get around. They're going to get food, they're making nests, they're flying around, they're moving all over. But lilies do nothing. This is his point. He's moving on to say, listen, God cares for things, watch this, you have no control over. He cares about everything. And and, and listen, anxiety comes when we lose our sense of control. I said sense of control. You're not in control. Have you figured that out yet? And some of you are control freaks and you're constantly anxious. Well, just been that way, Jeff. Just going to keep being that way. No. Don't worry. Why? God's got this and he's got you. Watch it. Look at number three. Worry about those things God doesn't want to do anything about. God can do anything he pleases. And if he wants to do it, it's going to get done. He's sovereign over us. God... I I was going to say it this way, I will, but you have to filter this a bit. God doesn't care about things that don't matter. Or I could say it this way, he does care, but but he wants us to focus on things that matter most. Look at verse 30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? God will take care of all those things. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's gonna, we have basic needs. And you don't need all that you want. We don't need much. And we certainly don't need as much as so many of us have. And what's happening here, he's saying, don't focus on the things that don't matter. God's got you. He's taking care of you. And so focus on the things that matter most. Many of us are anxious because we're not where God is. We're not focused on what he is focused on. Look at number four. Worry about those things God doesn't know anything about. He knows everything. 
He's aware of your needs. But again, he knows what you need. He also knows what you want. And what you want is not what he knows you need. It's why many of your prayers are answered, no. No. That's a legitimate, in fact, praise be to God, an answer to prayer. Because he knows better than we do what we need. And look at verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows, there it is, that you need them all. He knows what you need. The cure to anxiety is that we're seeking after all these things. Gentiles are those who live out the world's narrative, not God's better story. Those who don't know the Lord are living out the secular narrative, not God's narrative, not his story for us. This is where for years I sought balance. I'm grateful I learned this when my children were, were young, but I, I was gonna be the most balanced person on the planet. That's the world's story, by the way. Until I realized that balance is a myth. Jesus never talked about balance. He talked about the all-out pursuit of one thing. This now leans us towards the cure to anxiety. The cure to anxiety is not balance. We must discern between things that matter and things that don't matter. That person's upset with me. It doesn't matter. That person has a different opinion than I have. It doesn't matter. Let's all say that together. It doesn't matter. I want you to get that into your mind. Things matter. This is what Jesus is saying. Some things matter. The kingdom of God and his righteousness is where this is heading. Many of you know. But it's a function of, it's not so much focus as much as it is weight. It's not balance, it's weight. I'm gonna bring more weight to certain things in my life. It's of, it's of the kingdom of God, it matters. If it's a godly, spirit-filled person in my life who disagrees with me, I'm gonna say, I, I need to humble myself. I need to listen. I need to enter into a conversation here because I can learn something here. But many of us are involved in so much And you need to be able to say it. Be discerning. And this week, at some points, lots of points along the way, you're going to need to say, it doesn't matter. It was John Maxwell, the great leadership guru. He said, you cannot overestimate the unimportance of practically everything. For the person focused on the kingdom of God, this is true. We need to be able to proclaim this matters and that doesn't matter. Oh, I want to show you something. This is really amazing. My kids always showing me stuff on my phone. They, there's a feature on your phone. Um, watch this. And inquire, you can see this. It, there's a button right here. There's a button right over here on this side. Watch this. And look at this. You just swipe right there. It's off. Thank you. I know that's worth the price of coming today. That's amazing. <laughs> what God shows you when you come to church. I'm done. I'm out. I'm not available. And y'all may like, pastor, aren't you always available? Almost. I've got to have, right? We all have to, but it may not, again, it may not be the phone. It may be something else in your life. You need to say no to it. Now, look at what I want you to worry about. Here it is. I'm gonna close with this challenge. Worry about the kingdom of God 
in everything in your life. Worry about that. And I mean, be distracted by that. I mean, I'm talking about the Greek biblical word. Be distracted. Focus is the beginning of worship. So Jesus says it. Here it is. Here's the, here's the cure. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. It's another way of saying everything else will fall into place. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I was talking to a dear friend of mine, longtime friend this week, Michael Molson, uh, went with me, I believe he's here today, uh, went with me to uh, the men of Nehemiah and to speak. I wanted him to meet these guys. Uh, men of Nehemiah is a great ministry partner we have in South Dallas. Many of you know Brian Fant's men's class. Any man can go join our guys on a Tuesday night. It's incredible. But Michael um, is a recovering, I'm say former drug user, uh, addict, and he has taught me so much. We've often said it uh, together. We're all addicted to something. In fact, the Bible tells us every, everybody's addicted to sin, all of us. So we're all recovering sinners, praise be to God. He's, he's, he's captured our hearts and he's taken us out of that. We can have victory over sin. But Michael helped me understand something. We were talking about this sermon and he said, he said Jeff, as an addict, I'm learning to live in the present. And I thought, wow, I'm preaching on that this Sunday. This is awesome, this is great. And here's how he framed it. He said, when I go into the past without God, without his thought, his words guiding me, his spirit leading me, when I go in the past, it leads to uh, resentment, leads to shame, primarily. It leads to regret. That's for all of us. When I go into the future without God, it leads to anxiety and worry, right? I must stay in the present, but watch this. When my mind is captured by the Lord, then what happens is when I go into the past and my mind will run there, I'll run to the past. I'll be challenged by regret, resentment, shame. Instead, Michael said, gratitude. Gratitude. Because he's faithful. Even in my mess ups, even in my failure, he's been faithful. And then how good has he been to me? Count your blessings. And then he said, as I move into the future, combating worry and anxiety, if I go there with him, hope. Hope because he's faithful, but we've got to live in the present. So what does it mean, as I close, to seek the kingdom of God? This is critical. And I've, I've waited till now to, to share it because most of us don't know what the kingdom of God is and yet Jesus says, that's your focus. The kingdom of God, here it is, is the reign and rule of God in my life as I live out his better story. The focus is Jesus. And this is a comprehensive way to live. It permeates all of life. How do you do this? Watch, it's comprehensive. The kingdom of God is in me. He dwells in me. The whole Bible is about God with us, right? He's with us in the garden. He's, he's with us in the tabernacle. His presence was in the temple. Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. The spirit comes in Acts. In Revelation, we are with him. God is with me. He's in me. So worry is not simply, or how about this? The cure to anxiety is not a detachment from the world. That's Eastern philosophy. 
not biblical. Instead, Christian meditation, as we did earlier, during a moment of meditation, Christian meditation has content. Namely, Jesus and his word. The kingdom of God is our focus and we learn it. We must fill our minds, right? Garbage in, garbage out. We fill our minds. We don't just, this blowing out of the mind, which is again, Eastern Buddhist uh, philosophy. Instead, we fill it, what? With the word of God. This is why we've been reading the scriptures throughout this year. And I want to challenge every single one of you to join us. August 30th, this Friday, we're going to be reading, starting the New Testament. And I want everyone to join us. We're starting the New Testament. You can go to, how about this? Go to your phone. Don't be distracted. <laughs> Many, listen, a lot of you have a million apps on your phone. Not one of them is scripture. Not one of them is the Bible app. And we're walking through the Bible together and you can go there, go to the Bible app. Okay, read scripture app and go there. And in settings, you go to January 7th to start because that's when we all started and it'll put you right there alongside of us. Okay, so make a note of that. It is incredible. The read scripture app with, with helpful videos and all that good stuff. So if you need some help with that, contact one of us. We'd love to help you jump on board and you can read from the bulletin. We have it there for you as well. So the kingdom of God is in me. It's in us. We don't do this alone. We need each other. Many of you need to join the church today. That's your move. You want to cure for anxiety? Live among God's people. Do life with others. Get in a connect group. We have care and recovery groups that are meeting this Wednesday night. You can be a part of a loving group of people because he is in me, he's in us. Look at this, he's in the world. The, the gospel is advancing and we're a part of that. And then watch this, the kingdom of God is in the end. This is where all of history is heading. Friends, here's another reason you don't need to worry. We know the end of the story. It's already been written. The end of your story has been written. You don't have to worry. It's, it's not about me. It's about him. It's about us. It's about his kingdom, which will prevail. And he wins. And if you're with him, you win. Friends, listen. This is God's better story, the kingdom of God. You don't have to worry about anything. Instead, focus your heart, your mind, your life on our Lord Jesus. I want us to close in a kind of unique way. We're going to sing a song that brings focus. And I don't want you to leave. You don't have to rush out. I'm distracted, Jeff. I've got to go. No, no, no. You can stay right here. We have time to close our service. And what I want you to do is this. I want you to think about the fact this week that God's better story means that you, you can worry about the things that God doesn't care anything about. You, you can worry about those things that he can't do anything about. You can worry about those things that he doesn't want to do anything about. Worry about those things that he doesn't know anything about. Be concerned about the kingdom of God. Let that be the central focus of your life. And here's what I want us to do. I want us all to stand together now. Would you do that? Let's all stand. Stand together as we close our time together. We're gonna sing in a moment. And I want you to bow your heads with me as we're standing before the Lord. He knows your heart. He knows your anxious thoughts. And 
So I want you to, like David, Lord, search me. Not my coworker, not that friend that's making me crazy, not that person that is troubling to me, always coming after me, that personality. Lord, search me and know my anxious thoughts. Show me why I'm anxious. And I want you to do something that Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, he, he says this, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to put your, put, your arm, put your hands up, just palms down right there at your waist, just palms down, palms down. Release what it is that you're anxious about. What are you worried about today? Why are you anxious? Give it to him. Drop it. And now turn palms up to receive his peace. Gratitude for the past. Hope for the future. And peace in the present. Lord, we determine today not to worry about anything, but to give our lives to you. It's in Christ alone that we find this peace. Because of the gospel and all that you have done for us, may it drive us this week in everything we do. And we pray all this collectively in the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon. Come and join us as we seek to follow Jesus every day. We meet every Sunday at 9.15 a.m. for our small group Bible studies called Connect Groups and 10.45 a.m. for worship. We hope to see you soon at Park City's Baptist Church.